Okay, let's get into Parshas Vayeshev. Parshas Vayeshev, arguably one of the most amazing uh, and emotional parshios that we have uh, in the Torah. And uh, next week, Brother Shem, we will try to squeeze in a Parshas here as well. But let's get into uh, Vayeshev and the stories of Yosef HaTzadik. We've had Avraham, we've had Yitzchak, we've had Yaakov, and now Yosef and his brothers. We've gone from individuals, now we're into family. Family, we've had a lot of sibling issues over the Parshios, and it continues in this week's Parsha as well. Uh, but we start off, the beginning, Vayeshev Yaakov, Eretz Mugurei Aviv. Yaakov lived in the place where his father, Yitzchak Avinu, who never left, the Eretz Kanan. Ela told us Yaakov, Yosef, Yosef was 17, and everything starts. So Rashi, of course, quotes um, at the end of the Pasuk, Yaakov Avinu was mevakesh to be b'shalva, to be, have a little rest. He's had a challenging life. He's had a lot that he's been on his plate. Lavan and Esav and... Dina, and he could take a little rest. But what happens? Yosef. The Yosef story came. What exactly uh, is the um, um, the message that is um, uh, that Chazal are trying to uh, teach us in this? Teach us in this regard. So says the, says the, so what are Chazal trying to tell us through this, through the, the, um, message of Bikish Yaakov Leishim B'Shalva? What exactly was the problem here? And specifically, ask the Briskarov in source number one, Yaakov had many tsarists before, and we never find that Chazal are interested in the cause of the tsarists. Right? He went through a difficult time with Esav, a difficult time with Lavan, and we never find in, in Chazal a reason for the Tsaras. And all of a sudden here, Yaakov, the Yosef Tsar is about to start, and Chazal pick up on Pikish Yaakov Leishi B'Shalva. So ask the Briskarov, to Hamedrish Mefarish, to Vayeshev Yaakov, who Tamla Tsarish al Machiris Yosef, Shacharkach, Bishol Shabikish Yeshi B'Shalva, Ulachar Yipale. I don't understand this. Halo Harbeit Tsaros, Hayuli Yaakov, Bolamaze, Kodem Amaisa, the Machiris Yosef. There were many tsaris that Yaakov Avinu went through before this story of Vayeshev. Shaya Esa Mavakish Lahargo, Vestram Shana Hayabes Lavan, Vinilkacha Dina Labeshem. And Dafka this Tsara Chazal pick up on that Yaakov somehow personally had some element of of cause, element of of uh cause and effect, Baatam Batar Alatsara. What's different? about the Yosef Tzara that's different than the other ones, the earlier ones. Says the Briskarav, Let me explain. They were different. Why were they different? This one, the Grizz is going to say, was personal. The other ones we might call Universal or nation-related. 
Up until now, the Tsaris were to Baruch Hazal and the Ramban, Maisa'avo Simulabanim. They were Tsaris, but they were definitional to the history of Am Yisrael that was, that was going to be. Everything the Avos went through was laying the foundation and laying the groundwork. They were individuals, but they were Avos. They were Avos. Right, the Gemara and Brachas, only three were Avos. Right, David HaMelech wanted to be an Av. Chodesh Baruch Hu said no. There were three paradigms, three Avos, and they set the stage, and each one of them encompassed all of us. All of us. Okay, Avram Yisrael Yaakov. So all, all the Tzaras that way went through, and Yaakov went through up until now, they're not going to ask why, what's the cause? Because they weren't personal, individual events. They were setting the stage for the future. Because at that time when Avram existed, when Avram, he was Am Yisrael. Yitzchak was Am Yisrael. He was it. Yaakov was Am Yisrael. But now it's different. Because Yaakov is not the only representative of Klal Yisrael. Now he has a family. Now he has a family. And this tsara only affects him. Chazal saw this tsara of Echiris Yosef. It didn't really affect the brothers in that way. It didn't even affect Yitzchak Avinu. Yitzchak knew, Chazal say. And he didn't say. And he couldn't tell. So Chazal looked at this tsara that only affected Yaakov and not the rest of the representatives of Klal Yisrael. That tipped them off that this is more personal. This is not a Misa Avos tsara. The pain that Yaakov went through because Yosef was sold, what groundwork does that set the stage for later in history? Yes, going down to Mitzrayim. One might even say, the Grizz doesn't say this, I'll add this, this is the beginning of Simon Labanim. Because after all, Avram Avinu went down to Mitzrayim. That was the Misa Avos. Now, Kla Yisrael are starting to go down to Mitzrayim. This is the first, this is the transition of Simon Labanim. So Yaakov, so the Briska Rav says, if this was one of those definitional national ones, so all, everyone should be affected. Only Yaakov Chazal understood. This is personal, and if it's personal, we have the right to ask Chazal, okay, what caused this? Was there something that we can learn from Yaakov, from his life? From all the ones till now. And that's why. What exactly does that mean? That's another question that we've dealt with in other years. What, a man can't dominate for a little... Uh, little rest, a little serenity. He wants to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's not like he wants to do other things. He wants to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu has other plans. 
Kodesh Baruch Hu has other plans. You know, most people's life are not Shalva. Most people's life are not Shalva. Bikesh, we daven, but Kodesh Baruch Hu, Kodesh Baruch Hu uh, has plans for each of us, and uh, we have to do our best uh, in succeeding in the Avodah Hashem that Hashem puts on our plate. Okay, <laughs> moving right along. So we have the story of Yosef. Yosef, he's 17, he gives the reports. And Yaakov, as he's called Yisrael in the Pasuk, he's the Benzakunim. Benzakunim. He had a special relationship. Yosef with Yaakov and Yaakov with Yosef. The Rishonim already know what does Benzakunim mean. Rashi says the child he had in his old age, the Ramban says... But that should be Binyamin. There's even a greater Benzakunim. So Rashi quotes the Unkelis, Bar Chakimhu. He was wise. We've spoken at least once, I think twice over the years, of Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's thought on the Parsha. What does it mean? Chakim. He gave him the special Torah of being a Jew in Gaulus because he knew Yosef would need that. This year we'll look at the Basayan. We've never looked at before. The art site was about two weeks ago. Basayan, the Avracher of Avram Dov. Avrach, he was a Hasidic master, 1700s in Europe. After 30, 40 years of being a Rebbe there, he came to Eretz Yisrael the last 10 plus years of his life. Stories about the earthquake in Sfat, that as it was happening, he went to one side of the shul, he told everybody to come join him there, and the whole rest of the shul collapsed. That spot is still there. Amazing uh, stories told about the Basayan. So says the Basayan, a drush, on this Pasuk. Ki ben sekunim ulov pasim. Yadua ma'amar chazal. Ro'i haya hilo shetishol av shechina k'moshe rabbeinu. Olav ha'shalom. Hilo was ro'i t'av ha'shoras ha'shechina, like the days of Moshe. Elo shelo doro, lo haya doro ro'i l'kach. His door was not ro'i for it. But what do you see from that chazal? He was ro'i t'av shechina like Moshe rabbeinu. What did Hillel and Moshe have in common? One midah. Oh, many Midas, but one very famous Midas. The most famous Midas that Moshe Rabbeinu had, that the Torah itself, that Hashem is made. Ho'ish Moshe of Ma'ot. And Hillel, we know. Shabbos Lamed Aleph. All the great stories of Hillel, they try to get him angry. Anava, shiftless, lowering oneself in front of HaKadosh Baruch Iker Hashra, and that's what the Gemara says. Iker Hashra Sashchina hu mimokum shiftless v'achnoa anava. The Hillel Gamkin Hoya Anav. Velachin Hoya Roy Shetishra Lav Shechina. How do we lower ourselves in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? What could we, what could we look at? So one way for us to look, the way that we should look is within ourselves. Look to perfect ourselves. Look to improve our faults. So that's what we, that's what we should try to do. But that's not always easy. Right? Einadam Rohan Nige Atzmo. The Mishnah says in Nigayim, which halachically means you can't look at your own negatsaras, but Musr means we don't see our own faults. So sometimes it's the other way to inspire us is to look at others who we know are above us. Look at others who we respect and be inspired that way. Sometimes we're, we're just in the proximity of our Rabbeim and holy people. And that inspires us. And that already makes me want to be better. Even not focusing on myself, but focusing on others. Bashamayim imal. Looking at others. 
Amnam Amitis Ashiflus Vanava Shilatsada Gomur to a Yaakov Avinu to a to a Shifte Ka. So it's hard when the, the more perfect you are. So you know what? We have to try to look at the ones that lead us. If we look at a tzaddik who holds himself in front of a Kaddish Baruch Hu in a state of hachna, that would teach me. And that would inspire me. If I'm the if I'm amongst people who I don't look at as as inspiring to me or on a higher level of spirituality, then I'm not going to be able to not going to be able to be inspired. So Yosef Atzadik, Yosef again, there were faults as Chazal point out at that age, but his derech of inspiration was to look at his father. To look at his father. Eilat told us, Yaakov, Yosef That's what protected him. Right? Zeo Bechinas Yosef Atzadik. Kasher Hoya Eitzel Aviv. He was near his father. What does Rashi say? Ikunin Shelo Domel Yaakov. What does that mean? Not only he looked like Yaakov, he mirrored his life after Yaakov. He tried to be an inspiration. Pirish Tomadai Madame Avodasol Avodas Aviv. Shayat Sadik Yosemi Manu. Who was on a greater level? Relating to that Rabbi Yaakov Hamanetsky that we mentioned. Yaakov was that, that beacon that was a light in Gullus with Lavan. Maybe Yosef somehow knew deep down that that's what was going to be him. Vizel Shamar Akasavi Yisrael Avas Yosef Bikal Banav Kivenzakunimulo. What does that mean? Barchakim, he was wise because he always. He always looked at Yaakov. He says, Alderach Jewish, Chakim, for the word Mechake. Mechake, to wait, to look, to yearn. He yearned and looked to Yaakov. So Rashi quotes Pasim, what Pasim is Tupshatim. But he says, Alderach Jewish, Pasim is also can be from the word Ephes. He made him a Ketones that, that reminded him, because this reminded him of his father. And his father's avodah, he saw how much his father was makabo from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shehelo solem lavo b'madrega zu sheyilo b'chinas efes, b'chinas ayin. And through that shiflus, he was able to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And what the brothers do? The brothers didn't like Yosef, maybe they didn't like how he was so connected to his father. And they took away that xonus pasim from Yosef. They took it away. They grabbed it from him. They ripped it off him. Line 21. The brothers weren't called Sadik. Miyad. They took away the feeling of lowliness in a positive way that they had in, in, their, in his Avodah Hashem. And he says, and sometimes in Hasidic thought, you could switch letters around. There are certain letters that substitute for each other, especially if they sound similar. Kuf and Kaf, and Tess and Tuf, as he quotes on the top of the next page, Kutanto could be Kuf, Tess, Nun also. Kutanto, his smallness, his shiflus. They took his ketonus away from him. And he sunk, and he sunk down to Mitzrayim, Ervas Haaretz, and he sunk down in the jail, almost in the jail, and what was his low point? That he almost tripped up 
with Eishas Potiphar until Chazal say what saved him at the end of the parsha. He remembered his father. Because that was his derech avoda. His derech avoda was connect, to connect to his father. That's how he stayed safe spiritually. He didn't have a ketones anymore. But then he remembered his father without the ketones. And that's what saved him. That's what saved him. Shetafas bechina harishona. Shayim istakel tamid b'diukno shalaviv. Avodaso. And then he was able to save himself. Again, each person, each of us, needs to find different ways to be inspired. Sometimes looking at friends of ours. Sometimes at Rebbeim. Sometimes at Talmidim. Right? Sometimes at just people who have more challenges than us. And they persevere. Whatever it is. But Yosef had Yaakov. He looked at his Rebbeim. He looked at his father. And that was the way that that he focused. And that's what the Ikun in Shalom, Yosef was like Yaakov. Everyone was different. Maybe Yehuda represents a different realm. Right? Later on in the Parsha. Right? The tshuva that Yehuda did. Tzadka Mimeni. He didn't look at his father. Right? He wasn't inspired by his father. He was inspired by Tamar. He was inspired by within himself. Whoever it was. But these are different models that we have of inspiration and the Bas Ayin says, Yosef represented one model. Okay. Moving right along, so Yosef tells the dreams. Maybe we quote every year, but I'll just say it. It's a 30 seconds. Right, but Parshish Vayeshev starts off, Yosef's on top of the world. He's his father's favorite child. And by the end of Vayeshev, he's sitting in jail. Beginning of Miketz, Yosef is sitting in jail, forgotten, forlorn. And by the end of Miketz, he's viceroy in Egypt. What happened? Up, down, down, up. What's the difference? So some suggest Yosef in Vayeshev is busy telling other people his own dreams. If you're busy telling other people your own dreams, you're going to go down. In Miketz, he starts listening to other people's dreams and helping them be fulfilled. And that's why he goes from down to up. That's for either week, this week or next week. So what happens? Yosef <laughs> goes to look for his brothers. Yaakov sends him and he says, Hineni, I'm ready. I know it's dangerous. I know they don't like me too much, but I'll go look for them. Right? A man finds him. He wanders. Malach Gavriel, Rashi says, I'm looking for my brothers. They left. They went that way. They see him from afar. And before he gets there, they plan on they plan on um, hurting him, killing him, etc. They plan on killing him. Says Rav Salvechik, Vayiru Oso Meirachok. Vayiru oso merachok is not just physical. Vayiru oso merachok. Right? Vayiru oso merachok. They always viewed him from afar. Says Rev Salvechik, it's not just a physical far away and distant, but it is how they viewed Yosef. They viewed him merachok. Everybody please mute if you're not muted. At the, the Joseph's brothers always viewed him from afar. At the moment that he tried to come close to them, they rejected him. 
He appeared strange to his brothers. They could not perceive the beauty hidden in the soul of their, their younger brother, says Rev. Salvechik. The coat of many colors, the external covered what was taking place underneath. How often do we not see underneath the beauty of a fellow Jew? We see externals. We see outside how many sometimes parents and children, children and parents, siblings, we don't see the beauty that's underneath. We just see what's outside. Only his father understood that this handsome son with the flowing locks of hair, with the dream-filled eyes that reveal both the soft refinement, v'chulu, was given to a vision beyond the boundaries of this world. Only his father understood that the dream was not directed toward tangible goals. Only his father grasped that deceptively attractive external reflected an inner light. They saw him meirachok, and that was already the problem. They didn't look inside. They didn't try to dig underneath. They thought he was just different. They thought he was different. I think I mentioned in the past a beautiful thought I saw last summer. Right, we say that sinas chinam, right, the Gemara tells us in Yuma, destroyed the base of Megdash. So many say, how do we fix that? Avas chinam. Avas chinam. So I saw that's avas chinam, that's terrible. Avas chinam? What does avas chinam mean? There's no reason I should love you. I, there's zero, but I'm going to do a lishma. You can't see anything in your fellow Jew. You can't find something that you can connect to him, something that you can learn from, something that you can respect. It's avas chinam lishma totally. That's terrible. We should look. We shouldn't think of a fellow Jew meirachok. Right? We have to dig. We have to look and find something and have avas Yisrael, not avas chinam. Avas Yisrael. But that was the problem. The dreamer is coming. The dreamer is coming. Rav Salvechik points out that one of the many words in, in Tanakh for dream and vision is masa. Masa. Right? It talks about the uh, masa of Malachi. And he quotes the Rambam and the Mer Nevuchim explains because Nevuah is, is a burden, is a masa, is an ol. The prophet encounters a sublime truth that others have not. He is compelled to share this message, to impart the information so others will know what he knows. I have this burden that I have to let open up. I have to share. Right now it's only on me. I have to share it. And there's an Isra of Kobesh Nebuaso, of holding back one's Nebuah. In essence, the transgression of Yosef's brothers was their attempt to block Yosef's visionary power because they didn't see his Nebuah power. They didn't realize who he was. And that was the problem. They saw him meirachok. And again, this gets us into the story of Mechiras Yosef, which we always have to walk a little bit on eggshells as we study Mechiras Yosef. Right? Especially because Rovri Shonen do not hold like the Rashbam. The Rashbam who says that the brothers really didn't sell Yosef they put him in the pit, and then if you look, we the psukim, you know, the, the midyanim took him out, Ishmaelim. But we assume, like Rovri shown him, that they did sell him. But, but as Rav Pinkus says in Source number five, Tzarech Zahiris Gedola, Shalolitain Dofi Bacha Yosef Akadoshim, that we, that we don't put Shifteka in the same category as regular human beings, so to speak. 
as what's called reading Tanakh Begova Inayim at high, at eyesight. These are the Shifteka. Yes, there was something done that was wrong. But we have to always recognize that they are the Shifteka. No matter what shot we give. And interesting, he points out, nowhere in Chazal, in Chazal, do we find a punishment for the Shvatim. That the Shvatim were punished. Later on, we have some Midrashim about the Asara Haruge Malchus, which is very iffy exactly what exactly is that connection. That's a topic of another shear, but nowhere in Chazal. Right? The Ramban tells us when Avram did something wrong and, and when other Shvatim Right, they weren't perfect. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov are not on the list of the four people that never sinned. So neither are the Shvatim, but we always have to be careful. We always have to be careful. So he says, you know, there's many, there's various defenses and Pshatim given. So he says a Pshat that others say, but we'll see two ideas this year. One from the Tefer Shimshon, Rav Pinkus, and one from the Archaim HaKadosh. Says Rav Pinkus. And this is based on Chazal. They saw Yosef. But the Torah tells us, he kept bringing the evil report to Yaakov. What was his purpose? So they didn't look inside and think that his purpose was to try to get them to do tshuva or to, to better. They thought that his job was to push them out of the nation. In the previous two generations, there was an accepted son and a rejected son. So they thought that's what Yosef was trying to do. There's going to be a rejected son and 11 or at least 10 rejected sons. I'm the one. I was supposed to be the Bechar. I was supposed to be the first. They're not Roy. Maybe they saw in their Nevuah that Yosef was going to be the only one that was going to have Shvatim. Ephraim and Menashe. So maybe, right, they didn't see things fully clearly like Moshe Rabbeinu. Maybe they saw Shvatim. Oh, see, so he's going to have all the Shvatim. So what about us? So he's trying to reject us from Klal Yisrael? He's trying to push us away from being Avde Hashem? That's, that's... That's cruel. That's wicked. That's dangerous. That's a rodef. He's running after us. He's acting in a way to reject us, to throw us out. So there's only one way we could do what we could do, and that's self-defense. Somebody's trying to throw us out. We have to throw them out. And again, Chazal an amazing ha'ara, benogel la'achim, line 21, lo matzanu muzkar b'torah, obedirei chazal ha'mefurashim, shigilem shem onesh. Chazal fault Yaakov for favoring Yosef. That we have in Chazal. That we have in Chazal. But that the brothers, where does it say? Beschar, be'onesh, shemachar Yosef. Where does it say that? Ubehechrech eifo, shebe'emes hoisakan, nekiyas kapayim lahafli. There was something, there's, there's later on messages, their kavanas were Latova. Again, it didn't say that they did nothing. We have to accept that there was something done, but we always have to treat it in a different way. And this is Yesodos HaTorah, that we always have to be very careful how we look at the Chatoim. 
I think we discussed this already last week when we spoke about Vayishkav uh, with, uh, with Reuven. But that's the Rav Pincus goes down that route. The Archaim HaKadosh, Archaim has similar but different. This is the Archaim. He just adds a couple of details. What do they say? They see him from afar. They went, they saw him coming. They didn't run away. They went to him. They wanted to do what they needed to do quickly because they felt this was what they had to do. This was a mitzvah. This was a mitzvah. Yosef is trying to throw them out, as Rapinka said, generations after the Arachayim Makadash. But he just has a few details. They all went, Lechu Vinahar Geyu. We're all going to kill him? It wasn't like they were going to send one of them. Wouldn't that have been easier? So he says, Gemara says in Baba Kama, Asar Adam Shahargu Adam Echad as Kulam Yachad Paturim. If ten people take part in a murder, they're all chayv b'dei shemayim, but b'dei adam they're not chayv because each one only did a portion. Again, they're not tzaddikim, but there's no chiyav misa if somebody doesn't do an entire ma'aser etzicha. Lazen is chak muv yamru v'nargiyu yachad shebezayu potur midine adam. And he says it's a diuk with another pasuk. But one second, that's midine adam, not midine shemayim. So says the Arachayim HaKadosh. A lumdus. A halachic lumdus. Ulai shaha'achim donu bodin eid zomeim. Eid zomeim. What is eid zomeim? Adam come and want to give a punishment to Ruvain. They're proven wrong, so they get the punishment that they wanted to inflict. That they tried to inflict. A little different Rodef approach. Right? He brought the Dibasam Ra, but what did he tell them? What would the Averis Chazal say? Avram and Achai, and other Averis. What's the halacha of a Ben Noach that violates any of these Averis? Says the Arachai Makodesh, that was the Rodef element. Not really Rodef element. The halachic element, again, that they acted in a way that they felt was halachically mandated. And yes, they had strong feelings against their brother, but enough to kill him? That's very strong. Even for someone who you're jealous of, says the Arachayim, that even proves that the, turning everything on its head, that little shame Shamayim element, because they were doing what they think HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted them to do. They did it together so they wouldn't be Adam, even if it was a problem, but they did it together. So again, the great Mepharshim throughout the centuries go through go through circles to try to figure out and explain this act. Because again, to take the Pshuto, that they just sold their brother because they hated him, that's hard to accept when we're talking about the Shifteka. And therefore there must be some type of basis. Again, you want to argue with it? You could say that they were wrong in their Cheshben? Okay, that's possible. 
But to say that they didn't have a cheshbon and it was pure hatred is uh, is something that the great mafarshim throughout the centuries um, wouldn't take as a just pshutel shell, pshutel shemirka. And Yosef saw it too. We might read the story. What was Yosef doing? What was he doing? That he was telling them the dreams. He saw how much they were jealous of him and he's busy telling them the dreams. So again, yes, it might just be, you know, uh, teenage immaturity. But the Ramban says, no, it was a nevuah and he felt he had to tell over the nevuah. So again, there's a balance here with all the players involved. That we always have to be, yes, learn from mistakes, but always know that they're not the same mistakes that, that we make. Okay. Moving right along, there's so much, but let's go further here in the Parsha. So Yosef is sold to Mitzrayim, he goes down. We have the story of Yehuda and Tamar, not for this year. But then we have the story with Aishas Potiphar. Aishas Potiphar speaks to Yosef every day. The Gemara says she's changed her clothing twice a day to always look fresh and, and, and new to Yosef. She does her best to try to seduce him. She grabs his bag at and Yosef runs out, leaves his bag. And Chazal tell us in Mesecha Sota, source number eight, the Apirion, the author of the Kisser Shulchan Aruch of Shlomo Gansfried, in his uh, in his Sefer on Chumash, quotes from the Gemara Mesecha Sota, as we mentioned earlier, he saw his father, the nearest he saw the image of his father, Omar Lo Yosef. All the Shvatim are going to be written on the Choshen and the Ephod, on the special stones. Their names are going to be written. If you do this, you lose. Your name will be erased from the breastplate of the Kohen Gadol. You're going to do this act of adultery? It says, you're going to be erased from the Choshen. Dixiv, as the Pasik says, Viroezonos Yobad Hon. Right? Someone who's involved in Znus will lose Hon. Hon a treasure. A treasure. And what happened? He got a hold of himself. He was Kovish as Yetzer, and he was able to overcome any, any taifa. Says the Apirion, I saw it in another safer too, but he says an amazing, amazing, uh, sharp thought. How did he think of this? I don't know. Kitevas hon marumas. Why Dafka is that pasta quoted that Yosef is going to lose hon? Hevavnun. He's going to lose hon from the, and he's not going to be on the Choshen. So he quotes from Rabbeinu Bachai. Rabbeinu Bachai says in Parshat Tetzab, I think we've done this Rabbeinu Bachai before, that we know the Choshen had the Shvatim's names on it, but not every letter, there are some letters that are not in the name of the, of the Shvatim. There's no tests. I think of the names of the Shvatim, right? There's no Tzadi. There are a couple of letters, and you need the Urmatumim to light up with all the letters. So you have to get the extra letters that aren't in the names of the Shvatim. So on the on the stones, it also said, Avram Yisrael Shifta Yishurin. It also said those. How is it broken up? How is it broken up? Six letters on a stone. Six letters on a stone. It was equal. You know, so every Shevet gets a stone, as you see in the picture. This picture is from the Apirion. And then they spell, you know, to finish off the six on every stone, Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, 
right? By done, you got to get in a lot of extra letters there and God. Avinisa Yaakov, Shiftei Yeshurun. Right, Binyamin is spelled Malay, so he's six. He doesn't need any letters on his stone. So all the letters are there, and it works out perfectly that there are six on each on each one. Yosef has Vavnun, right, from Yeshurun. The Vav and the Nun are on Yosef's stone. That's number one. But then we know that the names of the Shvatim weren't only on the 12 stones in the Choshen, on the chest of the Kohen Gadol, but also on his shoulders. There were two stones, the Avni Shoham, that were on his shoulders, that also it held the apron, the ephod, and the Choshen all together, and six Shvatim were on one, and six Shvatim were on the other. Names listed. There it only had the Shvatim's, it only had the Shvatim's names. He quotes that from the Rambam in the top left. Hayekasiv, Yehosef Behei Binyamin Chaser. But on those, on those, it said Yehosef and Binyamin Chaser because you needed 25 letters on each one. 25 on each stone. And the Rama passes like a certain Gemara that Binyamin, if Binyamin was Nechtav Shalem and Yosef was spelled without the hey, Nimsa Sheven Echad Ayachav Dalros Yosbeven Achazayachavav. Based on, you know, which Shvatim were on which stone, right? It wasn't just the same order. So the Rambam says that Yehosef had to be spelled Yehosef. Can he add an extra letter to Yehosef because Binyamin lost the letter to make it 25 and 25. So the stone of Yosef on the, on the, on the shoulder had a hay. So a hay, an extra hay in Yosef on the stones on the shoulder, an extra vav and nun on the choshen, hon. Yosef, if you do this act with Ashes Potiphar, you're going to be lost from the chosh, from the stones. And what's the lashon of Chazal? The Avne Ephod. What's the Avne Ephod? That can be referring to both. The Ephod is not the Choshen. The Ephod is also the shoulder ones. And what's the Pasik? Veroazonos Yovat Hon. You're going to lose Hon. You're not going to be on the Choshen. The Hachi Pirusham, Hayachas Veshalam Yosef Chote, Hayamapsid Os Hey. Mina Ephod, Vosios Vavnun, Mina Choshen, Vahaya Ma'abed Hon, Vukafter Vaferach, Ezra Sashem. And that's amazing, if I say so myself, says the Apirion, the Esmachaki Ilumatsasion, and I'm happy like I found a great treasure. I'm happy like I found a great treasure, because he had the thought about, about Hon. Okay. Says the, Final thought for the uh, for the parsha. Then we'll have one thought about Hanukkah and Yom Hanukkah. Again, next week I hope to give a shear. Try to squeeze it in on Tuesday on Tuesday night. Says Rabbi Sachs in the Judaism's life changing ideas. What we learn from this parsha and what we learn from Yosef. And again, some sentences that only he could write. We live life looking forward, but we understand it only looking back. Right? We were human beings, so we look forward. But we can't understand the future. Sometimes we can't even understand the past. But if there's anything we might understand, it's the past. We live life looking forward, but we understand it only looking back. As we live life from day to day, our life can seem like a meaningless sequence of random events, a series of accidents and happenstances that have no shape or inner logic, a traffic jam, Makes us late for an important meeting. A stray remark we make offends someone in a way we never intended. 
By a hair's breadth, we failed to get the job we sought. Yet looking back, it begins to make sense. The opportunity we missed here led to an even better one. The shame we felt at our unintentionally offensive remark makes us more careful about what we say in the future. A ticket that a person gets might make them drive safer the next time. Our failures seen in retrospect many years later turn out to have been our deepest learning experiences. Our hindsight is always more perceptive than our foresight. We live life facing the future, again he says, but we understand life only when it has become our past. And that's Yosef Atzadik, the Yosef story. Nowhere is this set out more clearly than in the story of Yosef in this parsha. I might add, this is the only, the next two parshios are the cliffhangers in the Torah. What other parshios end off in the middle of a story? When I was growing up, there was a set of books called the Hardy Boys. Remember the Hardy Boy books? Every parsha, every parsha, every chapter ended off with, and he fell into the abyss. Like every parsha was a, every chapter end was a cliffhanger. Vayeshev and Mikates are cliffhangers. Why? The Torah is trying to give us a message. Okay, you might say in the olden days, they read the Torah every three years, not every year, but the way that we've been reading this for hundreds of years, this is Vayeshev and this is Mikates. Because it's trying to give us a message here. It's trying to give us a message that Yosef often, it looks so bleak and dark and lost. It begins on a high note, right? Yosef, as we said, Yosef's on top, but with dramatic speed. That love and that gift turned out to be Yosef's undoing. I got this coat and nobody else got this coat. So is Pasim. And what that lead to? The brothers hating him even more, ripping off the coat and tricking their father that their, their brother was dead. His dreams. Wow, these amazing dreams I had. Offended. Wanted to kill him. At first in Potiphar's house, he seemed to be favored by fortune. That his master's wife tried to seduce him. And when he refused her advances, she accused him of attempted rape and he was sent to prison with no way of proving his innocence. There was nowhere lower for him to fall. And then an unexpected ray of hope, interpreting the dreams. The last line of the parsha is one of the cruelest blows of fate in the Torah. The chief cupbearer did not remember Yosef. He forgot him. After what Yosef did to him, the parsha ends off. Yosef is forgotten in jail. Seemingly, his only chance of escape to freedom is now lost. This is as near the Torah gets to a Greek tragedy. Because as Rabbi, Lan- Rabbi Sachs says, a Greek tragedy doesn't get better. It just ends as that. But the Torah, in the next parsha, a mere two years later, at the beginning of the next parsha, we discover all this has been leading to Yosef's supreme elevation. Vicery over Egypt, signet ring, dressed in royal robes and a chain. What is stunning about the way the story is told in the Torah is that it is constructed to lead us as readers in precisely the wrong direction. If we didn't know the story, and we should read it as if we, we don't know the story. They say the, uh, the Norm Melech, I think it was the Norm Melech, or I believe the Yitzchak, I think it was the Norm Melech, during Megillus Esther every year on Purim, he'd be crying. During the first couple of Prakim, he'd be crying. He'd feel the pain of the Jews in Shushan. He'd feel it. And by the end of the Megillah, he'd be singing. 
Because that's how we have to feel it. It's written in this way. It's written in this way. Don't think, skipping down, don't think you understand the story of your life at halftime. That's the story of Yosef. At the age of 29, he would have been justified in thinking of his life as an abject failure. Hated by his brothers, criticized by his father, sold as a slave, imprisoned on a false charge, and with his one chance of freedom gone. And then we have the second half of the story. The second half of the game. Right, His tale becomes of unprecedented success. Politically, materially, he became the first person in recorded history to forgive. To forgive. That was Yosef. Judaism is the opposite of tragedy. It tells us that every bad fate can be averted, while every positive promise made by God will never be undone. The Chulu. Every bad thing that has happened to you thus far may be the necessary prelude to the good things that are about to happen because you have been strengthened by suffering and given courage by your ability to survive. So the Yosef story should give us chizuk. And there are so many tsaris, Rahman al-Atzlan, so many difficulties of all different types that Achenu B'nai Yisrael go through physical, mental, family, psychological. But we have to try to hang in there. We have to try to hang in there and see it through the eye of faith. And finally, one thought in Yanni Hanukkah, just to finish off this evening, from the Draj David. Or David Hapstetter. Bimei Matisyo ben Yochanan Kohen Gadol, Why is that important? It was in the days of Matisyo. Right? In the days of the Hashmonoim. What's the emphasis at the beginning of Alanisim to have Bimei Matisyahu? Right? A similar question could be asked. We're not going to answer it right now. Gemara and Shabbos. Hadar Kibluah by Purim Bimei Achashverosh. Why is Achashverosh so significant? Hadar Kibluah Bimei Mordechai Yester. That's also an unusual usage. This is less unusual because he is, right, a star and one of the protagonists. But we may have to see, what's the emphasis? Just say, What was unique? What was the message of this Neis Pach Hashemen? There were greater Nisim, even with oil. Remember, Elisha is pouring the oil for the woman. And he pours and pours and pours and pours as many kalim there are. It keeps coming out, pours and pours. The base of Migdash had Nisim every day. And yet, Chazal did not enact something to be mazkir. Those Nisim. So what's the message? Again, a famous obvious one that's said by many in many contexts, the Pnei Yeshua and others. But says the Drash David, Venira Levair. This was about 200 years before Chorban Bayesheni. Hashem knew that there was going to be a long exile, thousands of years, and He wanted to give us some chizuk. He wanted to reflect, He wanted to show us His love, His closeness. He wanted to give us a nace at a time where there were no Nisim. 
Some Rishonim say that the ten miracles in the base of English was only by his Rishon, not by his Shani. I think there were ten miracles when there were these Kohen and Kohenim Gedolim who didn't even, right, know anything. I just, tonight, I just made a see him with my son on, on Seder Nezikin. Said so the last Mishnah in Harios talks about a coin before a Levi, before Yisrael, and it says, a coin, a Tamrachach HaMazmzer goes before a coin Godolam Ha'aretz. So my son said, how could there be a coin Godolam Ha'aretz? That doesn't make sense. If he's the Kohen Gadol, how can be an Amaret? I said, it's exactly Hanukkah. For hundreds of years, there were Kohanim Gadolim. I didn't know anything. The Gemara Yuma tells us how many Kohanim there were. Every year. Every year, they get a new Kohen Gadol. It was at a time of Hester Panim. You know what was unique about this nace? It was a nace at the time of Hester Panim. It was a nace at a time when most of the Jews weren't connected. It didn't bother most of the Jews to have a Kohen Gadol Amaretz. And what did the Yavanim say? There's nothing special. What did the Misyavanim say? There's nothing special about Am Yisrael, right? The Medrash, Kisrael Karan Ashar, Shein Lacham Kelech Belkei Yisrael. There's no special connection. And that was this nace. Dafka at a time where there were no other great people. Matisyahu Kohen Gadol, Yovanov. Right, there was, who else were there? What Rabbanim were there at the time? Right, which, which Tanoim? Right, at a time of darkness, getting ready for the Gaulus. That's what we realize. And on the last page, B'nei Chanukah his Gala. Not only does Hashem save us from our enemies, there was a gilui, there was a gilui for eight days. And we have to take this with us to the, again, Hanukkah is at the darkest time of year, the nights are getting long, but we have to recognize that that's the message of Hanukkah. Light and darkness. Difficulties. And Lila and Saris that, that were any individuals going through. Saris that, that the plague over the past two years have brought in such an extreme way how difficult it has made. Already difficult situations. For students. For Shalom Bayis. For, for, so, so many things have been challenged. We have to recognize Hanukkah is the, is the days that we daven for Nisim and we daven for light and we daven for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you know, revealing himself in all different ways. That's what we daven for. That's what Hanukkah is about. This year maybe it's a special gift as well. We have Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, right? The triple benching. We have to recognize that, you know, to latch on. To latch on, as we know, as the Bnei Saskar always says, the holidays aren't events that we just think about happened years ago. Every year, the power of those holidays comes on those days. And that's why on Chav Hay, on Chav Vav, on Chav Zion, starting just in a couple of days, we have that power. Give us light, give us miracles. Give us miracles. We don't just want to have Ner Hanukkah. We want it, but we want Ner Mikdash. Right? We don't just want the Zecher. We want the Ner Mikdash. Kodesh Baruch Hu Hashem should shower us, Hashem, with Nisim and it flows. Bimheira, Amen.